Welcome to track number two of The Sufferings of Christ. Now the first suffering is to know that you are going to suffer. Do you understand? It's a very terrible psychological trauma. Amen. And to know that you are going to suffer and to go towards it. I'll, I'll mention, you know, Juanita a lot because it just happened. So I always talk about things that have happened. When she died, we didn't expect her to die. Even on the morning that she died, we were going to play golf. We didn't, there, was no, there was no sign or anything that something like this was about to happen. It was Christmas time. We were getting ready to enjoy Christmas when all these things came up. When she died, our problem was that we were so shocked that this had befallen us. So now we were debating, would it have been better to know that you are going to die? And then you just go through it, knowing that the person is going to die, it's going to die, it's going to die, it's going to die, it's going to die. Or it happens suddenly. Which one is better? Huh? Who, who, how, who will vote for suddenly? And who will vote for you know you are going to? Which one is easier? Suddenly or you know. Okay, look, we are voting. It's only you can only be here or here. Who is voting for suddenly? Okay, who is voting for you know you are going to? Mm. Okay. Now that will be up to you to discover. Yeah. <laughs> You can't really tell. Maybe if you have cancer or somebody has cancer and they tell you you are going to die. You don't know what you will go through. The experience. If you've seen one before and they tell you and you are going through the motions. You see yourself in a coffin. You think about the funeral. You think about those who will come. I mean, I know somebody who died. He had planned. He said his obituary. He said when he dies, this person shouldn't bath him. These people shouldn't bath him. And these people should be on his obituary. These people should not be on it. This one shouldn't happen. He should be buried here. These people shouldn't come. Yeah. One time I told somebody... That, you know, I told him, listen, you are going to die. Because he was going to die. And he wasn't being told clearly that he was going to die. He was just saying so many things. I said, look, I need to tell you so that you understand what is happening very clearly. I said, you are going to die unless God heals you. You are going to die soon. Very soon. When I told him, he looked at me and burst out crying. A grown up. And because a certain emotion sweeps you when you, or sweeps over you when you think of that. Do you understand? It is that that keeps people away from full-time ministry. Well, when I am inviting you to full-time ministry, I am inviting you to suffer. Yeah. All the old layers... The old lay people, those who have been lay, lay ministry for a long time. 
That it is that suffering that keeps them back. The knowledge that I will suffer. Yeah, yeah. The old layers. They've been lay lay chiefs. Lay ministry chiefs for years. Because I explained it to you. I said, look, you have been uh, what do you call it? A lay person for years. You have secured yourself. You have done everything to make your life as comfortable as possible. Do you understand? For so many years. And you are coming to work in the ministry now. Do you want to be paid more than somebody who since he finished school or since he said that he has been there for so many years and you have been searching through the world to find everything you can find for yourself and you've now come and you want to be at the you are going to start at the bottom of the ladder <laughs> that is it I mean, you yourself should want to start at the bottom because if you don't start at the bottom later on when you are at the top Somebody who is supposed to come from the bottom will come from the top. Yeah. The most two successful old layers that I have seen, who have seen it and been able to break through are Pastor Intefel and Pastor Niajedu. Both of them were wealthy, successful, rich people with high, very high incomes in high very high brackets of income and they left what they were doing knowing what because we'll tell you before and when we tell you see it's a long jump like that as soon as we say that in the middle they fall into the sand <laughs> that's a long jump before they get to the triple jump and then the pole vault how can you come? <laughs> and as for Pazentefo, oh, he tried to secure bought cars for the future. <laughs> this car for this, this for that, car for himself, his wife, for will drive so many things to secure himself for the future. <laughs> Before he suffers to, to avoid the suffering. Now all those cars are spoiled. <laughs> But you see, when I was saying, do you want to know what is going to be? Or you, don't, you want to come without knowing? As soon as you know, you stay back. As soon as you know, you will not go. If I was to sit and offer you and I'll tell you, look, how much are they paying you there? This is how much you earn in the ministry. It's far better. This, this, this. All of them would say, oh, after all, me, Nina, I wanted to work for God already. God, God called me. God called me. God has called me for years. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not just last week. God, God has called me. I mean, I'm an ancient of days with a with a calling of God on my life. 
God has called me long time. What is this I'm suffering here? But they are analyzing. They are analyzing. Yeah. Because even your tithe that you pay today as your tithe may be more than what you earn. And I will never change that standard. Those who have the ability to suffer for Christ should come. And now, when anybody says, I want to be put, I don't listen to that. All I say is that the office for application is in Accra. When you arrive there with your family, you apply. We, we, we are not likely to reject you. So come. Don't stay here and be saying, God has called me. God has sent me to you. Anytime you come, we discuss it. That's the place where we are employing. That's the head office. We are not likely to reject you. Easy. Yeah. But you see, that George Entry, he was here. And he came to see me. And he said, I want to uh, be in the ministry. He came to see me privately. He said, I've not, this what I'm telling, I've not told anybody in the world. So the way you tell people is very dangerous. So not, I said, my wife does not know what I'm saying. But I want to work with so, You are welcome. You are welcome. When you come, you come. He arrived. And he's there. But not that now when we call you and you say you have to go, then we will start to hear all sorts of other things. I have a subject called pastoral hypocrisy. Maybe I will talk about that. I don't know. Oh, you don't get what I'm saying. I'm talking about the suffering of knowing that I'll be poor. Knowing that I'll not have this. Knowing that I'm losing this. Knowing that this is going. Knowing that this is what I'm going to experience. And I'm going for it. Jesus said here, he says, Do you know that after two days, this is what I'm going to experience? Do you see it? After two days, this is what I'm going to experience. I know what I'm going to experience and I'm going to experience it. Fully aware that this is what I'm going to experience. And I'm going for it. I know it. And I'm going for it. Oh, you don't get what I'm saying? Yeah. So you see, many of us must now begin to embrace things that we know we are going to suffer. Yeah. We know, we know. We know when I go witnessing, they are going to slam the door on me. But you still go. You know when I talk to the people, they are going to be rude to me. You know, when I talk to people, they're going to look down on me as if I'm some inferior human being. But you still go. You know what you are going to suffer. You know when you give this money, you will, you will be broke. But you still do it. But most of our giving, we do it with the mind to avoid the crucifixion. We will give when there will be no pain. But if this thing I give is going to lead to any kind of pain, no giving. You see, and that's what the Bible says. That Don't think it is strange. But I want us to always remember this scripture. It says, for, where is it? But to the degree, to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing. To that degree that you see something that is going to be difficult, to the degree that you still 
go for it to that degree that you have been able to do what Christ did, which is to see pain, but you still go for it. You see poverty and you go for it. You see that this thing eh, is difficulty and hardship for my children, but I'm still going for it. That's what I did in the ministry. When I came into the ministry, I knew to myself that eh, I would never travel again. I didn't, know, I didn't know what could make me travel on an airplane again anywhere. I thought maybe there would be some, I don't know what kind of program that would ever give a free ticket <laughs> for me to travel anywhere again. I knew that I would never own a house. So can you be in your life, you know that in two days I'll be crucified. In two days I'll never have a house again in my life. In two days time I'll never be able to eat cornflakes again. In two days time I'll not be able to eat Nando's. In two days time I'll not have uh, Rice Krispies anymore. In two days time I'm going to be in a village. In two days time, I'm going to have difficult. My children are going to start having difficulty of where to go to school. In two days time, I'm going to have no more money. In two days time, I'm going to suffer. And then you say, oh, but I'm going for it. I know what my father has sent me to do and that's what I'm going to do. I'm talking about the sufferings of Jesus Christ. That, that's why I say that perhaps you have to ask yourself that is it better to know that it's going to happen than it happens? Or you don't know that it's going to happen. It just happens. And I th- there is a certain suffering that comes when you know. Yeah. That is why when I told that man you are going to die, he started crying. But I never told Mrs. Saki that because she didn't know she was going to die. And I didn't know she was going to die either. At least I didn't know on the, at that time that she was going to die. All of you, if you will be honest with yourself, I'll tell you if I sit down with you, I say, Dr. Joe, how much are they paying you? 2,000 pounds. Look, in the ministry, you are going to get six thousand pounds a month. What are, what are you doing here? What are, you, what are you doing here? Immediately you say, "Look, the call of God has always been there." Arise and go. Arise and shine, for thy light is come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Arise and shine. <laughs> So it means that it is because the sufferings of Christ have been laid in front of you and you can see it or even you suspect it is there. Then you see that everybody comes up and has a different reason. My mother. My grandmother. My father. My wife. My children. I have heard each one of these before. I've heard my mother before. My mother. Another one I've heard my grandmother. Recently I heard my father. And then I've heard my child, my children. I've heard one my child and I've heard one my children. Mother-in-law. No, I've not heard that one before. <laughs> I've not heard of mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> so God is calling and he's, he's, he's asking you 
to value suffering rather than value the, the amount of money that you have. Rather than value the number of degrees you have. Rather than value the amount of, of houses that you have. Rather than value where, the, the street address of where you stay. You value suffering for God. That something is clear. That when I say I'm going to fast, I will suffer. But you still do it. Amen. All right. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people were gathered together in the court of the high priest named Caiaphas. And they plotted together to seize Jesus by stealth and to kill him. But they were saying, not during the festival, otherwise a riot might occur among the people. Amen. Amen. Now, these are sufferings. To have people planning against you. Has anybody planned against you before? Has anybody plotted against you before? You haven't experienced it? Uh-huh. But you see, it is a realm. That's as I said, all these are credentials. You get it? That you must know. Amen? That are great to have. If you have, if, if you have ever been at a certain place, you will see and experience orangus. Where people now discuss you. People dislike you. People don't want you. And they are, it's, it's part of the level. And you see that um, when you start to f- obey God at a certain point, you will see this thing. If you, if you haven't seen it, because you haven't reached a certain place, but at a certain point, you will meet up with people who actually meet about you. Is there anybody here who has heard some people discussing me before? Raise your hand if you have heard some people. Not that you were discussed, but you have heard. Yeah. Yeah. When people discuss and plan about you, eh, you have reached somewhere in God. Many of my pastors don't understand even the book Loyalty and Disloyalty. They don't understand it. But as they progress in the ministry, then they experience it. Because as you follow God, you, you are not greater than Jesus. If Jesus experienced Judas, you will also experience Judas. Amen. Amen. So I have experienced people plotting. When I was in school, in the medical school, I started a church. People used to have meetings about me all the time. Some of the people in my church now, they feel even shy to tell me of the meetings that were held. They discussed me. They analyzed me. Whether I was called, whether I was not called. All kinds of things. One time somebody was in a bus and so many people in the bus were analyzing me, saying so many things about me, you know. And it's a very, very difficult thing to, uh, to know that people are just talking about you and saying whatever. But you see, as a Christian at this camp, you must hope that a day will come when, you know, you'll be a topic. 
people will be talking about you. And when it happens, you should say, wow, I've been promoted by God. I've been promoted by God. They are having a discussion about me. Huh? Even if it's your, just your family, which are discussing about how weird you have become. It's a credit. You should be. You should. Be, I mean, you should have a party. These are what you should celebrate. No, not your birthday. It is these days, suffering days. You should have parties and call people. Come. What? What event? It's my suffering day. I'm having a suffering day party. Yeah. Because of what I'm experiencing, you get it. What? Because of what I'm experiencing. All right. Uh, I'm so blessed that people are discussing me. And they they are plotting how to eliminate you. Plotting how to remove you. The next one. Now when Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon the leper, You see, let me tell you, I'll give you another example. I remember when David was going to Jamaica. I, somebody, I met somebody in Accra who told me, do I have somebody in London who is going to Jamaica and his family are not happy at all? I said, what? I don't know who are you talking about. Oh, there's somebody in your church who says he's going to somewhere and their family people are not happy at all about all this. You see, it's a rank. I'm telling you. And I was talking to some people and I was asking, I was saying that, look, why do you think somebody would choose this person would not choose this person? There are some things that people have experienced. Once you have not experienced it, somehow you are there. You have a nice person who has read a lot of books, but you haven't experienced certain things. And you need to experience it. When you experience, you realize that this person has experienced and is still believing what he's believing, still doing what he's doing. He has earned himself a certain rank. How many are going to embrace and look for the suffering? Rushing for your sufferings. Amen. Amen. Now the next one we go on. Now when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster box, a very costly perfume, and she poured it on his head as he reclined at the table. But the disciples were indignant when they saw this, and they said, why this waste? For this perfume may have been sold for a high price and the money given to the poor. Alright? But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you bother the woman? For she has done a good deed to me. For you always have the poor with you, but you don't always have me. For when she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly I say to you that where this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done also will be spoken of in memory of her. Amen. Amen. Now, what's the meaning of indignant? Huh? You don't know? Is that, is that what, your, what you call it says? Huh? Indignant. If you are ignorant, you are shocked or angry. Shocked or angry because you think that something is unjust or unfair. Hey! Now, 
Another of the sufferings that you are going to, that you should hope to experience, which Christ suffered, all right, was the suffering of uh, people thinking that it is unfair for you to have things. You see, where people think that it is unfair for you as for who you are and what is happening, for you to have things. Amen. You see, when you get to a certain level in the ministry, people think that it is unfair for you to have maybe a certain kind of car or for you to live in a particular kind of house or for you to wear certain kind of clothes. But you see, if you work for yourself or you work at the bank and you have a certain kind of car and you have a certain kind of house, it's not a problem. After all, you work hard, isn't it? You're a hard-working guy. You go to work every day. You do whatever. And so everybody knows that you are hard-working. So you deserve it. That's why Pastor Richard drives the car that he drives. It's not that he doesn't deserve it because there are a whole lot of People, including some of you here, who think it's unfair. Like, 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 I, like, who think it's unfair for him to drive a certain kind of car? Like, you see, I, I also know that the, the best car is Benz or Mercedes Benz. If I was to choose a car that I think is a nice, good car, I would, I would use a Benz. Yeah, that's a car that I would use. But one of the sufferings that I experience is that. I am, I, I, I am constantly aware that I am surrounded by people who think it's unfair for you to have certain things, for you to earn certain amounts of money, for you to have certain privileges, and so on. They're all around. And in order to just continue existing and doing well in the ministry, there are some of these things you just cut off. And you just stay without them. Because that's how they think. They think that if you are doing this other job, you should have it. I was playing golf one day when a man was standing there whilst Bishop Saki was tying his two laces and he was talking about me. That this guy, look at him play golf there. He uh, used a church, whatever, to come and play golf. If he was working as a doctor, would he be playing golf at this time and so on? That's how they talk. That's how people think. So it takes you time because you said that people... People don't think that you should have certain privileges. So much of my life is hidden. They, 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 even, they don't even think you should, you should even buy something from the shop. Or that you should even sometimes eat it. That's why you, you, not, you will never see me shopping when you, if I see you, I won't shop. <laughs> if I see you, bah, that's it. I will never buy anything. I will never, when I see you, no, I say, oh, how are you? I'm just walking through. Window shopping. Lest I'll be surrounded by shocked and angry, indignant members. One day, our the pres, uh, one president of a certain country whose name begins with G, his wife, went to a particular country. Yeah, there are many countries: Germany, Guyana, uh, Gambia, Gibraltar, Gabon. Okay, now. And of course, Ghana is one of the countries. 
So Gold Coast is also there. <laughs> now, his wife went shopping, and then some people from that country whose name begins with a G were with this wife as she was buying a couple of things. And later on, I was somewhere in a country somewhere, in the country that, they, they, that she had happened to just come and buy some. They were discussing what she bought. Nothing, I didn't buy anything strange or anything, but the discussion. And you see, when sometimes, when, when, sometimes when we come across, oh, can I, can I come with you to help you? I want to help you to go shopping. No, 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 thank you. No, you can't come. But you see, many Ghanaian pastors don't know that those type of helps that you allow people to help you, you are rather stirring up hatred. Because just like this guy, it, they are indignant. They, they think it's unfair that you should have something or you should do this or you should have that. Yeah. And they are rather happy. They are rather happy. One, one time when I, when I, I, I bought an, uh, we got an Audi, an Audi that I was driving. Somebody, somebody, I got a message through somebody. Somebody said, oh, I have lost the, I had a lot of respect for Bishop. He was me, but I've lost the respect that I had for him. When I saw him driving that A6. Yeah. That he has lost the respect. He was indignant. So you see, that is why if it's one time recently I was driving my car. When even you, you, he was, somebody came, was looking. So which type of car is this? What type of car is this? Because you can't see the name of the car on my car. So that it will not stir up something on you. Oh. There's no name on the car. It's the nameless. So I said, what type of car? They went all around the car. So what car? Says, oh, he said, no, he said, no name car. There's no name on this car. <laughs> hey! So you see that in, in the ministry, it's also a certain level of suffering. Where it's like, what even you would have been? My father brought one of the first smiling Benzes to Ghana. Do you know smiling Benz? Yeah! GZ4317. That was the car number. Beautiful car, light green. What was the, I think the first one or the second one in the country. He was driving it and it was like an aeroplane in those days. Hey! I remember sitting with him, we were going to the race course in that car. I mean, what is the best? My father only drove Mercedes Benz. And my father-in-law, my wife's father, only drove Mercedes Benzes. Since we were, ch- we were children. You go to Germany, it's a, it's a taxi. <laughs> but no matter the thing the argument that you make they still think it's unfair they are happy to they are happy to see that oh i like your bishop he's very humble oh. very very humble <laughs> yeah no he's just the old car that he drives oh he's very very humble pa. oh he's very down to f all they are trying to say is that we are happy that he is not. We we can we feel that he's not. He doesn't have certain things that we think he shouldn't have. One day I went shopping. I was in a particular country and I was coming. When I got to the house of where I was going, where where I was staying, I found out that some church members had come to the house. Now I was I was holding my shop. It was now an emergency. Where will I hide my shopping? Ah! 
they shouldn't see me holding a shopping bag. <laughs> but that, that's our that's our portion. That's that's a portion. And so for me, I said to myself, my Jesus came to this world. He suffered for me. If today I don't have to drive this car, I don't have to do this, I don't have to go there. If that's what I have to do, it's nothing. To me, it's nothing. I can do it. I can do it. I told Pastor Richard, I said, drive this old Passat. It's okay. You'll be all right. These people, I know them. (laughs) You'll be all right. Don't worry. Yeah. He's happy with it. We are all happy with it. When I see me, I drive my old Isuzu Trooper with the windscreen has been broken since it came. And I, people say, oh, humble. It's very humble. Man. <laughs> Where people think that it is a waste. Well, it's just a pastor. It's just a pastor. That's why when I see unbelievers, I don't talk. I I just made my face. That's what they think. And I don't have any intention of joining them. Amen. Another form of suffering is where people always suspect you of evil. Who is this girl who has come to? Pour her love on Jesus. Can you live a life where you are constantly suspected? Yeah. Because most men of God are suspected of evil. They are suspected that no, they must be doing something wrong. They must be sleeping with somebody. They must be doing something on the side. Standard. There's rarely a man of God that you hear of who you don't hear that they, they suspect him of sleeping with this girl, with that girl, with this person. I remember one time I was going on follow-up many, many years ago. When I got there, was a, the girl was in a shop. When I got there, they, said, they told a message, they said, your, your boyfriend has come. And I heard it, your boyfriend, oh boyfriend, Eba. Your boyfriend has come. I said, oh, I've become a boyfriend. Hmm. Where whatever you are doing, there is always some question. If you are a woman who is doing well, ministering, they'll say, ah, she's, uh, she's, uh, she has emotional problems. Her marriage is not working. That's why she's preaching a lot. She cannot have a child. That's why she's preaching a lot. She has her own problems. Amen? Amen. Jesus said, when she poured this perfume on body, she did it to prepare me for my burial. Truly I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached. Amen. Now the next kind of suffering is where you have just a few people who really appreciate what you are doing. Just a few people appreciate what you are doing. It's another form of suffering. I don't know how many people appreciate Pastor Paul going to Venezuela. 
just a few people will think that he's done a great thing. They will even ask, so what is the use of all this? And if they don't see any huge church, maybe after 10 years, maybe if there's 10,000 people in Venezuela who are coming to say, oh, is that a good... But what about if he doesn't see that? What about if he sees 60 people there after 10 years? And somebody say, ah, what is he really doing? <laughs> and it's, it's, you see, in the ministry, you have to do things because God appreciates what you are doing. And not a lot of people. And out of all these disciples, it was only this woman who appreciated what Jesus was doing. And that is how it is. Sometimes you find out just a few people seem to appreciate what the man of God is and what he is doing to be a blessing to you. Amen. All right. Then one of the twelve, named Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, what are you willing to give me? To betray him to you. And they weighed out 30 pieces of silver to him. And from then on, he began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus Christ. Now on the first day of the unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? Amen. Amen. And he said, go into the city to a certain man and say to him, the teacher says, my time is near. I am to keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. Then Jesus, the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and they prepared the Passover. Amen. Amen. Another thing in the ministry uh, when you are serving the Lord, you find out that you get to a point where you don't have things yourself. You have to depend on people. Amen. You have to depend on people. He says, go and go into a city and to a certain man and say to him, I have to keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. Are you with me? Yes. Now, the ministry, one of the things about the suffering is that it takes away your independence. You see, to do well with God, you have to grow to the point where you suffer to the point where you lose your independence and you are depending on others. You depend on somebody to do what you need to do. And it never goes away from you. For you to do well now, you need to depend on your person. Some of you, you are so independent and detached. Do you understand? From what is going on in the ministry. So you are not close enough for you to benefit. But for you to do well in the ministry, you need to become dependent. Just like Jesus depended on this man to have the Passover. That famous picture that we saw, that we see with Jesus and his 12 disciples all around him. It was a picture of him in somebody's house with somebody's table. And somebody's plate. (laughs) and somebody's food for me to do what I'm doing I depend on people I depend on people giving I depend on people suffering going to work and coming back and bring money to give offerings and that's how the whole thing is 
and, 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 and can you get to the point where that's how your life is? Many of us in them don't want that. We want our independence. We want our own. We want to be able to point to everything and say that I got this from here. I have this from here. I have my, my Passover in my room with my, uh, my own room upstairs where I made, I've built my own whatever. Everything I have and everything I use is mine. I don't have a car today. I don't have a car. I just use a car that are, they all belong to the church. I've written my will. In my will, there is no, I give this car, I give my car, this, whatever, because I don't have one. But some of us want to own everything. Like the pastor was coming full time, had to buy so many cars. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that God needs to break in your life is independent spirits. You need to break that independent. I don't need anyone. And the people quarrel sometimes in Europe. You didn't buy my ticket to come here. I, I bought my, I, I, I bought my, I've suffered here. I've done this this year. I did this year. In other words, what you're saying that you didn't give me any room to have my Passover. I have my own Passover in my own place. But you must come to the place where you realize that you depend on people. And as you go higher in the ministry, you realize how you depend more on people. You know, one of the things I wish I would never do again is fundraising. Because I don't like it. It's, It's the part of the ministry that I don't enjoy. But I enjoy it because I know that it's part of the sufferings that we are supposed to experience. Where you depend on these people, you have to go and beg them for money. You know, when I became an evangelist, I was asking a lot, so what does an evangelist do? And I started to look at Benny Hinn and Bonke and so on. I realized that they do two things. One is that they come and raise money and the other is that they go and preach. So one end you are begging for money and the other end you are preaching. Because the people that you are preaching to, are you listening to me? The people that you are preaching to, they cannot give you anything. For all that you've preached to them, they cannot. And if you want to continue preaching to them, you need to get money to be able to go and preach to them. Mercy. Are you understanding? So I realized my life is made up now of two, it was like you have two main things. Go and make partners. Go and get people to help you. And then go and preach to the lost. That's, that's my work. And it's like I can't preach to the lost without depending on the people and begging them for some. Give me money. Give me this. Give me this. Like it's some kind of humbling something that is combined with that thing. It's, that's how it is. And it starts. And God always makes you depend. Because depending on somebody humbles you. When you, when you, when you, when you need somebody, you realize that you, you need to be nice to the person. You can't just cast the person out. The person has to be in your life. Hey! You wish he would not be in your life again. Wish you didn't have to see this person and look at the person and be nice and be kind. Oh. But, 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 but you need to. You need to come and you need to be nice and to flow, smile a lot. Be friendly. Bishop Blake told me, he said to me, form a board. 
and, and put me on your board. So what should I say? Form a board and put me on your board. And make board, get board members. <laughs> so I, have to, I have to ask people, help me, give me. And when I go and they give me, then I go and preach. Like what Jesus said at the Passover, a lot of the scriptures were from what he said at the Passover. But he has to ask somebody, go and tell, there's a certain man, tell him that I'm, it's time. I need food, table, this, that, I'll be coming with 12 guys. <laughs> 12 solid guys who like eating. Pastor Fifi, you depend now. You depend. I depend, I depend on you too because I, I live off your offerings. That's I live from offerings. And you see, when, when, when the Lord was leading me to encourage my wife to also be in the ministry, it was also to take away even further my independence. To increase my dependence. Because I'm a highly qualified professional and so is my wife. She's a lawyer. And my wife need not work in the ministry. She was working and she was doing private work and she was working, whatever, as a lawyer. She was working and earning her own money. Come and work in the ministry. All of us. We are nothing. We need people to help us. That's it. It's a further level of suffering and dependence. I used to be proud to be able to say, this came from this, this came from... Look. Everything I have is from offerings. My shirt is from offering. Everything. Right to my pants is from offering. <laughs> no, that's the truth. I depend on you to buy socks. I thank God. To the degree... Eh? Where is that verse? To the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing. Eh? What did he say? Keep on rejoicing to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ. So those of you who are so independent, oh, you need no one to survive. All your money comes from this, this and that and that and that. You, get, you, you have not experienced that. So you see your credentials, you need a lot of things to gain such credentials. Chris, you don't think so? Yeah. You can point to your house. You know, this is from here. This is from here. That's from here. I got this from here. So when I work here, I had this. This is this. And I've suffered. You know how I've suffered in, in London. I've worked very hard. I'm a this. I'm that. God says, you are nothing. Nothing. I want you to beg people and depend. John Wesley used to do begging. He used to go on begging. Like how you go on witnessing, he goes on begging for the poor. Go with the, what do you call it? A basket or whatever. And he goes to stand to do begging for the poor. Can I have some money for the poor? And he will go back. And when he goes begging, he will get a certain amount of money and bring it to look after the poor. And he said when he dies, six poor men should carry him, his body. And each one should be given one pound. Yeah. Not pastors, poor men. Six beg- poor beggars should carry his coffin. Yeah. Those should be the poor bearers. Poor six poor beggars. <laughs> and each one should be given a pound. But for us, super sophisticated, independent, 
I can do it by myself. I bought it myself. I earned it myself. I've worked all my life. You didn't buy my ticket for me. No, but Jesus said, go and tell, I have a certain man. He didn't say, I have my house. One of my houses. Go upstairs. So I am sharing with you about the sufferings of Christ. So that you also decide. How many have decided to? How many have decided to also suffer? Are you, are you ready to give up your independence? Yeah. How many are ready to be poor for, for Christ? You know that this thing I'm going is poverty, but I'm going. Yeah. That must be your mind. This thing I'm going, somebody's going to insult me, but I'm going to do it. Sometimes you know it's not going to work, but I'll still do it. Sometimes, sometimes God sends you to do something that will not work. Just so that you suffer the experience of doing something that doesn't succeed. It's also a, a form of suffering. Verse 20. Now when evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And as they were eating, he said, truly, I say to you that one of you will betray me. Now you see, the next thing is that, the next form of suffering is that, in your rest and relaxation, there is still tension. When you are resting, and when you finish working, the work goes on. Jesus has now gathered his main, because you see, as a minister, also, when I preach, so sometimes I just like to be with some particular people to be relaxed. Others will come to you and say, oh, I had a dream. I dreamt about this. I dreamt about that. I saw this. Another will say, I come. I had a vision. Somebody will say, pray for me about this. Somebody will say this. So many things. That after all that, sometimes you just need to sit down, recline. He said he reclined. He reclined at the table with some particular people with whom he will be relaxed. And even at that moment where he was relaxing, there was a problem there. When you take up the ministry work, you are taking up a work which never goes away, even in your house and in your room. And it will never go away. Pastor Niajedu said to me, he said, Look, I've worked for Shanti Go for so many years. But since I came to work in the church, I've never worked like that before. He said, When I used to work in that place, at five o'clock, I drop everything, finish. I'm up, I'm going. But he said, This one, there's nothing like you've dropped it. Because you'll be in the house, they'll call you. You will be in the toilet, they will call you. On the toilet, you'll be poo-pooing. And you'll get a call. <laughs> when you are reclining in the room. <laughs> but you must embrace it. You must be ready to, to speak in, on the way home. You must be ready to speak at home. You must be ready to work for God from the house. Yeah. Even in the house, there's tension. There are calls. Yeah. My house, I've had to, at the point, off the phone. Off the phone. And my wife, too, off the phone. At first, she used to criticize me about the phone. But now she's more on the, on the phone than me. Hey! So that you realize that you are reclining. Oh, time to relax. Because you sit down for two minutes. Then they will come. 
Bishop, I, I had a dream last week. <laughs> and I, as a pastor, you cannot say, look, look. Clear away with your... He said, eh. What was your dream? Tell me your dream. You have to be nice. And you have to share. You can't tell me. I, if somebody said, I've had it, I will never tell you. Look, this is not the time to tell me a dream. I'll tell the person that, look, what was your dream? The person will be telling me the dream. And this happened. Then I went here. Then I went up ah, very high. Then I came down. And I went to the left. I went to the right. Terror. Before I realized, I somersaulted. Yeah. Then I have to show that I'm interested. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus reclined at the table. And when he realized that, he looked and said, My goodness, one of the guys. <laughs> yesterday i finished the camp i finished the camp in america and we were driving from the camp we drove to the airport straight and from this airport straight to this camp so when i was going i was reclining at the back <laughs> ah finished the camp and i got a call i look at the number i thought it was another number but it was not an airport hello hello oh bishop yeah bishop i had a dream <laughs> hey, i had a dream i finished talking to everybody i'm on my way in the car tired sleep i've had a dream i said what was your dream tell me your dream <laughs> She told me all her dream. So when she finished, I said, so what is the meaning of the dream? So well, I told my husband. My husband said, I should tell you. So I started to tell you. So what does it mean? Oh, no, 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 no. She doesn't put this and that. Okay. Thank you for your dream. I'll, I'm going to think about it and pray about it. God bless you. Bye-bye. <laughs> hey! I had a dream. I had a dream. I had a dream. One time I was texting in the house. My wife said, go and bring them to come and sit here. The people that you are texting. Go and bring them to come and sit in the room with us so that we will all be here. Oh! As I was reclining with my wife, I was having to respond to texts. She said, I should please bring them to come and sit in the house so that we will all be in the house together. <laughs> they should all come and be here with us. Hey! <laughs> when you are reclining, yeah. But you must all, you cannot be a Christian and not get involved with the work which is too much for one person anyway. No one can handle the burdens that come with one human life. Look, you people, it's only because you are shy. But if I was to bring the people who are sitting here, one by one and bring them here, say, tell us things about your life. You'll be surprised how complex one person is. Hey! The issues that are around just one person. You, you have no idea. 
And that's why the burden of the people is so high. And God wants you to become pastors. And it is when we start to embrace the sufferings of Christ that we can fill the UK and Europe with hundreds of churches. Churches. Amen. Amen. Are you listening to me? Yeah, with hundreds of churches. But if you are not prepared to do anything, you just want to sit in a church and receive. Receive blessings. No. It's a time to give. A time to give something that we have received. There was a time to receive. There was a time to get. There was a time to obtain. But a time has come that even in our reclining, we'll see that we are still working. That we are also pastors. We are also working for the, for the Lord. We are also giving something. It's not just one person who is listening to every problem that there is in the world. Hey! The problems in the world are a lot. And we need help. Come and sing it for me. There was a time. To every purpose there is a time. The one who made the whole world has everything in his hand. He wants the world to know him in all his righteousness. And he has called us into his kingdom for such a time as this. It's our time to believe. It's our time to love and live. There was a time we received, but now it's time for us to give. Standing hand in hand together, let's reach out and touch our world. Can you hear the Spirit calling? Can you hear the Spirit calling? There was a time when we were learners. Now it's time for us to teach. There was a time we used to follow. But now it's time for us to lead. There was a time we used to borrow. Now it's time for us to lend. It's our world. It's our nation. It's a time of destiny. It's our time to believe. It's our time to love and live. There was a time when we received but now it's time for us to give standing hand in hand together let's reach out and touch our world can you hear the spirit calling can you hear the spirit calling can you hear the spirit calling it's our time we have an obligation 
to reach this generation to let his kingdom come within our world and we know we can succeed simply cause we do believe he's given us what it takes to carry on carry on it's our time to believe it's our time to love and leave there was a time when we received but now it's time for us to give standing hand in hand together Let's reach out and touch our world. Can you hear the Spirit calling? It's our time. It's our time to believe. It's our time to love and live. There was a time we received. There was a time we received. Now it's time, it's time for to give us something. To Can you hear the Spirit calling? Can you hear it? Can you hear the Spirit calling? Can you hear the Spirit calling? Can you hear the Spirit calling? It's our time. Hallelujah. Look, the highest way God speaks to you is in your heart. That's what Rejoiner says. I'm sure it's true. In your heart, you hear him calling. In your heart, he touches you. In your heart, he edges you. In your heart, he speaks to you. Even things that have not been said, you sense the spirit pushing you, calling you, telling you, you must do something. You can't leave Jesus alone to carry the weight of this world on his shoulder. Amen. He can't carry the weight of this shoulder. We are supposed to take his yoke and join. He said, take my yoke. My yoke is easy. If you do my will and my work, it will be easier than if you work for yourself. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Now, as they were eating, he said, truly... I say to you that one of you will betray me. Being deeply grieved, each one began to say to him, Surely not I, Lord. Now, the next difficult thing is to, to suffer knowing that not everybody who is with you has the same agenda you see as i preach it's sometimes far easier to minister when you know who you are talking to and you know that the people who are listening to you have a certain mind isn't it are you there 
that when you get to you realize that not everybody has the same mind and they have some other agenda and every good general knows that the people in the army don't have the same agenda as the aim of the some have an agenda to survive i will never die in this thing that i've come to join <laughs> their mind is that i will never die by all means others have joined the, i mean a lot of people in the u.s army they join it to go to school to pay their school fees but not to die not to save america or to save england or the aim of uh, tony blair to go and capture iraq or to give uh, democracy to whatever it's not his aim at all and he wants to get uh, his papers he wants to settle that's somebody's aim going to get papers going to get money somebody has money somebody's going to get papers somebody's going to get uh, school be able to pay the school fees some money is to survive some wants to just get a higher rank a pension different ideas and they are all together with you and you are leading all these people with a different mind and as jesus was sitting at the table he knew that there here we are and some so some people here have a mind of money so like as i'm preaching at this camp i'm preaching as if we are all so much in love with god and we all really want to serve god we all really want to fight god but as we are here everybody has a different agenda and a different mind ah. some have even come to find a beloved zigzag They started before I started. Before I started preaching, they started their agenda. Why they came here. Hallelujah. How difficult it is. As you are going, you know that everybody has a different mind. And for years and years and years, you'll be going along with people. You know, this one, his mind is this. This one, his mind is this. This one, his mind is this. Someone just wants to survive. And that is why I think Jesus never lowered the standard for ministry. You see? Yes. There are a lot of people I know, if they were to work in the ministry, they would be better off than they are. But me, I should, say, I should tell you that you'll be better off. No. I will tell you that you'll be worse off and I'll show you that you'll be worse off financially. So that you fear, there will be fear in the church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because everybody has a different mind. Yeah. They will, they will betray the cause at any moment. Yeah. Some people, when it comes to certain things, one of the things that really, really got to me when we were attacked in Ghana was when I realized that even though it was a very clear, clear case of the government of that time attacking us directly using their superior military powers and political powers to attack us that my own pastors 
eh, continue to support these same people. It was it was difficult for me to because this is that he was sitting at the table and they were they were grieved and each one he was grieved that you some of you here you betrayed but it was a difficult thing because that is where I saw that we were under because for us to know that now the government or some kind of higher powers are now interested in us for whatever reason it was not easy. And for me to see that sometimes even the tribe was more important than your church. I was shocked. I never knew that your tribe can dominate your or super super supersede your Christian commitment. It was a shock to me. And then some people had contract, I mean government because they, they were interested in their interest in that government because they were get benefiting from them. All those things I came, they all came into play at that election, and I was shocked. Then one day I went for dinner with some pastors. When I go for dinner, I, I go secret places because some people think it's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Sometimes I want to go and eat. Sometimes with my wife or, I mean, whatever. And, you know, I have to send somebody to go and see how the place is. Oh! Because I, it's not that I'm dreaming. I've been to a restaurant before where somebody met me and started shouting. Ah, you've come to use the offering. Eh? He, he, said it, he said it openly and out there in the restaurant. In one of the main restaurants in, in Accra. You've come to use the offering. Eh? This morning, I don't know whether it was a Sunday or so this. Eh, you've got to use the offering to come and eat. Eh? Small rice, oh, eat. It, 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 they don't want you to eat that small rice and a small piece of chicken. How much can I eat? Anyway, so one time an election was coming up, and I went for some dinner. There were 50, fifteen of us. Different people. So, I was asking the people, you know, who they are going to vote for. Now, another suffering is to know that everybody is pretending. <laughs> is there, is there, and they were all grieved saying, is it, is it I? Surely not I. Know that a lot of people are not saying what they really think. So, I did a little poll. And I realized that everybody was not saying what he really thought. So, I took pieces of paper. And I put, I passed it around. Small pieces. We had finished, we were going. So, let's, let's try something. So, we did a small voting. And I gave everyone, I said, write the who you vote for because I could I was everybody was saying surely not I surely surely not I surely not I hey Christ, my pastors my own pastors these people came to fight you they couldn't kill you now they want to ask them to come back and finish the job I was watching you see 
we are, some of you were not there, but you, I'm telling you, we are talking about higher powers in the country that break hotels, walls, arrest people, people disappear, all kinds of things. So when I did the election, then I gave it to the electoral commissioner and I said, count it. When they counted, it was seven, eight. Yeah. Seven, eight or eight, seven, something like that. So I said, wow, half of you here who are saying, surely not I, Lord, I actually want this, whatever, to come and continue. So later on, I asked the particular people that I was, who do you? Who did you? And I, of course, I, I knew. Then I got to know. I said, wow. It's very wonderful. But you, you carry on with, with them. And you have to just flow. With everybody. So, wow. See, your mind and my mind are different. Your agenda, my agenda is different. But you have to just be moving and flowing. And that's how it is to lead people. And when God is calling you, are going to lead people who have a different mind. Even what I'm saying now, some of you have a funny mind about what I'm saying. Oh, I was, I was not, maybe I was born on Tuesday or Wednesday, but not last Tuesday or last Wednesday. But you just have to flow. Just keep on flowing. Amen. So let's go on. He who dipped his hand with me Huh? And he answered, He who dipped his hand with me in the bowl, it is the one who will betray me. Amen. Amen. The Son of Man is to go just as it is written, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. And Judas, who was betraying him, said, Surely it is not I. Rabbi. <laughs> and Jesus said it to him. You have said it yourself. Now, another very, very difficult thing is to deal with liars and hypocrisy. It's not real. But that is it. And you are dealing with it. It's not real. You ask people for money. They say, oh, they are, they are looking, but they are not going to give it. And everybody, I mean like human beings, when you read Rejoiner's latest book, you wonder as he, he talked with various angels who were moving around and the angels were discussing among themselves why God is interested in human beings. One angel said, look, I've been on this earth for 4,000 years. Human beings have become worse, more wicked, and they don't understand God's interest in, in the human beings. <laughs> That's what the angel said. Don't understand his interest in the human beings. Huh? He's still interested. Still interested in the human beings. They tell you you are going to betray me. He said, surely. Not I. You've just gone for 30 pieces of silver and you say it's not you. It's in your pocket too. You put it in your account. You say it's not you. So at a point you wonder whether people are telling the truth. When you become a pastor, you see a whole church of people who don't pay tithes. People bringing envelopes which are not tithes. 
But they say that it's tithes. You deal with pastors who don't pay tithes. Pastors who don't pay tithes. Pastors who are lying. Everybody pretending. Amen. What do you think? How many understand what I'm talking about? Okay. So Judas was betraying him. He said, surely it is not I. Amen. Stand to your feet for a moment. I'm going to give you a five minute break to get rid of all your chewing gum. There are so many gum chewing congregants. All right. Okay, you have a break for five minutes. Jericho. You have. Alright, now, where were we? Verse 26. Now the next one is, okay. Now while they were eating, Jesus took some bread and after a blessing, he broke it and he gave it to the disciples and he said, take, eat, this is my body. Amen. Amen. The next type of suffering is the suffering of your flesh, your body. Eat, this is my body. I know one friend of mine was attacked by a dog, and the dog bit him. Terribly. So I asked him, what did you do? He said, I lay down and I covered myself like this. And the dog was biting me. Eat my body. (laughs) It's not a small thing for your body to be eaten by a dog. You get it? So this speaks of all kinds of bodily fleshly sufferings okay you have to discipline yourself in all your appetites your appetite for food i believe that every christian must have uh, what do you call it uh, uh, 200 churches is this new did it just come Okay. That's the theme of the camp is what? Sufferings of Christ. Huh? That's the vision. <laughs> yeah, it's a suffering that will lead to these 200 churches. 
You see, some people will not go on the mission unless they are told, oh, when you go on that mission, your, the house there is even bigger than your London flat. Do you see? That is what makes people interested in the mission. The motivation is wrong. You must embrace the concept of losing something and suffering. You should, be, you should not be happy when you haven't suffered for Christ. Now, I'm back to the, uh, the take it. This is my body. So, you, the suffering that offers your body. Okay? So, your body is the giving of your flesh. Jesus gave his flesh to be beaten and whipped. So, your bodily appetites of fasting, and I believe that one thing that all Christians must experience you must experience fasting to a certain degree in your life. At least once. Because fasting is not a small thing. And you'll find that you see the pattern of Christ was that he fasted 40 days and nights. But you never hear of him, nor of the others who fasted 40 days and nights, fasting in that way, like as part of their life. But it was something that they did. You see. And so I remember one time I was talking to some of my uh, young, uh, younger people who were very zealous for the Lord. And I told them to fast. Fast for 40 days. Fast 21 days, three times a year. And 40 days twice. There is, a, there is a time in your life if you fast like that, you will die. But those people who are running around here, you can fast 21 days easily three times in a year. Five days dry fasting without food without any drink i mean without any juice coca-cola just water three days water only morning to evening to the night to the morning evening fasting how can you amount to much if you have never had a season of fasting for the ministry how you cannot me, I fasted to the point of death before. I almost died. I couldn't move. <laughs> I fasted to the point where somebody asked me, do you think you will go to heaven by being a skeleton? 
when he saw me, I, I was a skeleton and I was in school wearing shorts and a shirt. So he could see all my legs like a spider and my arms and there was nothing left of me because I was fasting almost every day and I became very small. Young men, who, how many believe God has called you? Oh, I said, how many believe God has... Young men, how many believe God has called you? Young men. If you believe God has called you, embark on a fast. This type of fast where they say the whole church is fasting. Those are, those are not proper fasts. Oh, you are waiting for the church so we are fasting 14 days. When I was growing up, nobody declared a fast. I have never been in a church where they declared a fast and I, I was in the fast. I was never in a church where they declared a fast for us to fast. I fasted because... I felt that in my spiritual quests, I, I need to have a fast. But that's why, that's what made me fast. But not that they say we are fasting. Then you are just trying to survive till six each, Ali. Four, six, five, six. And once again, everybody has a different agenda for fasting. Some are trying to lose weight. God, God in his wisdom makes such people sometimes increase weight when they fast. I've seen people grow, grow fat when they fast. They actually put on weight. Because it's not a proper fast. That 6 to 6 is not a real fast. Yeah. So, you see, I want to say that if you say God has called you, you know, these are some of the things that you need to embark on yourself without informing people no i'm on a 40 day fast i'm on a 21 day fast oh you're just you're fasting a personal quest for god jesus was taught in a synagogue where they had declared a fast all members of this synagogue are fasting for 40 days he on his own fasted so you on your own you have to have a three-day fast on your own a five-day fast on your own a one-day fast on your own 40-day fast yeah i've never fasted 40 days before i mean you can fast 40 days i don't see why not you are supposed to do greater works than i have done I encourage my sons and daughters in the ministry to do greater things. Yeah. One or two times I almost died when I was fasting. So at a point I became afraid of it. Because at a certain age and a certain whatever, you got to be careful. You can actually die. I know people who have died before from fasting. <laughs> yeah. So you, you, you it, it really, but at a certain point, a lot of things don't matter. You get it. And Jesus was about 29, 30 years old when he was doing this fast. One time I had one great man of God, he was going on a fast. And I mean, I don't know whether it's Maurice Cerullo or somebody else, whatever, going to fast with his 
Milo, his orange juice, his everything. Like Daniel. He said he ate no pleasant bread. Yeah. You see, because it's a, it's a realm. And he reached a certain place. The fast is to be a fast without any pleasant bread. Yeah. <laughs> hey. But I tell you, all those things fashion your life. They fashion you. They fashion your future. Especially your future. Because I tell you, when I was a student at Chimota School, I was a teenager. I fasted so much. All my life was fasting. Fasting, fasting, fasting. Fasting. And I learned how to fast in the mornings. Uh, later when I found out that breakfast was supposed to be the healthiest meal, I was surprised. Because eating of breakfast was something that, because of reading of the Bible and of prayer, that came first before eating. Any form of eating. You know, it made breakfast become something that was very distant. So, living without eating breakfast, you don't even call it a fast. So when they say, oh, extend it to six. It has often not looked really like a fast. I fasted where I couldn't move my arm. When I say move my arm, I mean my arm couldn't be lifted up. (laughs) The arm like this. Before the leg. Oh, I mean, I know that you you may not understand what I'm talking about, but I'm talking about and I remember that on, that, on that on a particular day I fasted. It was, I think, Saturday or Sunday. And I was in school. And my mother came to visit me. And they came to call me from my box room. I was, I was in sixth form. And I was lying on the bed. Me and my friend. The two of us were lying. <laughs> we were almost dead in the room. And they came to call me. Your mother is here. And I couldn't move my leg to the side. I couldn't move my leg. And the door, where you lie here, the window. So the guy was standing there. Are you not coming? Your mother is out there. I couldn't move. He spoke through the window. And I said, make you take the, the thing. Take the thing from her. For me. I can't come. Because I couldn't move. <laughs> I couldn't move. My mother had come from the house to visit me. And she was just outside the house. And I was in the room. I couldn't move. I couldn't open the door. I couldn't move my arm or my leg. Hey! So, I'm telling you, if you are a young man and you believe that God has called you, embrace the idea of suffering and dying for Christ. It's not about just singing songs and just being happy in the church. Christ died for us. He said that to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing. To the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing. Being happy because you are experiencing something like what Christ experienced. Many, many prayers are for the future. Many, many prayers are for the future. Many prayers are about the future. 
Many tongues that you pray are about the future. Keep praying them. Fast about it. Fast when you've got the strength to fast. You don't have a wife. Any young man here, you don't have a wife, raise up your right hand. Young man, stand up to your stand up for Jesus. Let me see. Don't have a wife. Is that Richard? Uh, you don't have a wife. Are you serious? Are you guys serious? Young ladies who don't have a husband, stand up. No, no, stand up, brothers. Young ladies who don't have husbands, stand up. Or ladies who don't have husbands. Okay. What do you want? What do you want from this life? This is your time to fast. It's your best time. Some of us have got wives talking in the house, children talking in the house, cooking all over the place, frying things. Even when you say you are fasting, they are they are Find something for the children. It's not a small thing. So, this is your time of solitude. It's a good time. Amen. Sit down. All those men, brothers, who feel that you are called by God, stand up. Brothers who believe that you are called. Married or unmarried. Brothers, you believe that you are called. Stand up. Where is your offering of your body? Where you say, this is my body. This is my body. This is my body. Given for you. That's the suffering of Christ. You are supposed to follow the example. Where you also offer your body to God. A body to suffer bodily. Physically. Yes. And I'm talking about fasting. Amen. Amen. Sit down. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? Okay. Then, another offer of your body, but offer your body sexually. Your sexual aspect. Or sexual capabilities must be offered to God. Amen. And that one too is suffering. You get it? And the devil knows how weak we are and how the feelings that we have, how we are tempted, how we want it. Is it not true? Brothers, is it not true? Sisters, is it not true? Or it's not true? It is true or it is not true? It is true or it is not true? We want it. Sisters, you want it. Before you are married, you want it. You want something. You don't know what you want, but there is something that you want. The mysterious quest. You must offer it. You must contain whatever you have to contain within you. 
until the right time. And when the right time has has come, you must direct. First you contain. Then after that you direct. (laughs) To the right center. Or you don't understand what I'm saying. I'll say it again. First you contain it. Contain your sexual organs. Contain your sexual desires. Okay? Under lock and key, under zip. You zip them up. Say, no entry, no exit. (laughs) After you get married, you have to now direct it. And exercise it. In a direction. So that there is no strength for another direction. What, what, do you, what do you think about what I'm saying? Yeah. A good Christian and a good pastor must have sex regularly. Regularly. When you stop having sex regularly, your Christian life is going down. Yeah. <laughs> Write it down. When you reduce having sex, your Christian life is going down. Take it from me. How do you think we can have 200 people in 200 places in, U- in Europe? You see, when I say Euro, I've changed this thing to Euro, not UK. Because some of you have to go out of England. Yeah. I've asked some of the old layers to go. I'm watching them. <laughs> yeah. I'm just watching them. Because now I don't believe the layers until I see them on the move. When you move, I'll believe. When you speak, I'll not believe. Huh? <laughs> Yeah. God wants to use us. Amen. But how can there be 200? You need 200 people who know how to stop having fornication. 200 people who know how to stop doing bad things. Because you, you need, you see, spiritual. You see, in this new book that Rick Joyner had, he, he, Jesus, he was there. He was watching a vision. Jesus met James and John. And he took James and John followed him. And he turned around and asked, what, what are you looking for? He said, we, we want to know where you, where you stay. And when, he, when they spoke to Jesus, when James, James sat down with Jesus, Jesus told him, you, I'm going to make you one of my evangelists. And he, told, he said to him, one day your words will have power. Like my words have power. One day your words will also have power. You see, how can you be converted to become a person whose words have power? If you have not suffered as you are supposed to suffer. It is suffering that gives you that power. That your words have a certain effect. And I need just 200 people whose words have a certain effect. That have been able to, to control yourself. Able to fast. That's why I say that there is a certain level of fasting of your life. That it, it, it has to happen. Oh yes. What to amount to something. There, there's something like, when I say fast, it's like a quest to seek God. 
a quest to find anointing a quest to find the power a quest to search for something no matter what that can never be declared by a church a church fast that's why the church fasting doesn't create pastors but when we have camps people are touched by the holy spirit and they decide to work for god but when they fast they don't decide to work for god because the, when they fast, when I say when they fast, when a fast is declared that they fall, they are just showing submission and humility to the leadership, which is also good. But what God wants is for you to be touched by His Spirit and agree that I'm going to endure what I need to endure. This is my body that I'm also giving my body. To God. Ladies, your flesh doesn't desire sex as much as brothers. But you are full of bitterness, wickedness, jealousies, quarreling, competitions. And what? Ladies, tell me, ladies, don't bother to speak at this time. Huh? Talking, backbiting. Gossip, you, that, that, your, your flesh naturally is that way. Do you understand my message? Yeah. And you have to get to the point where you say, this is my body. This is my, my flesh, my natural jealousy, my natural quarreling, my natural behavior of a certain kind. This is it, Lord. I've dashed it to you. You see, when Juanita died, some people were quarreling in their in their houses <laughs> saying that eh, if i had died you wouldn't have been sad you would have been happy <laughs> because you see because because when Juanita died we were so moved and everybody could see that we were genuinely sad about losing her you understand so one brother told his wife he said look if you had died we would also have been sad, but for a different reason. <laughs> it is true. Yeah. But one of the things that made us sad about Juanita was that she was somebody who tried very hard to obey the word and then present her, herself to God. Oh yeah. Because our, our, our friendship and our relationship where they didn't start just recently, long time ago before she was even married, when she was even in school, before she came to first university. That's a long time ago. And I've seen her through the years. I remember one time I, had a, I was having a meeting with her at, her at their house. I mean, not a meeting, or we were in the house, and I was talking with her about things to do with life and marriage and so on. And I, was, I, I tried to show her from the word of God how to, what to do. I'll never forget that particular day. And 
always her husband said from that day when you spoke to her she changed she she just turned because she saw that it was in the word of god she changed you see you can see that here's somebody who took her natural body and presented it to god because if this is what i have to do this is what is going to be done oh yes yes but there are some people it's not that when you talk to them they wouldn't change but it is that you wouldn't even talk to them because you know that they wouldn't even change so you don't even talk to them one day a certain brother came to see me with a a marital problem and I said to him your wife, I will not speak to her. Because she will not listen to me. I know her. I know those who will not listen to me. And as I grow, I should also learn. A good general has a supreme strategy for war. And that supreme strategy is that you don't engage yourself in battles you know you will not win. When you see that you will not win, you say, no, I'm going to this, uh, this direction, sir. There's no problem at all over here. Just you just move around. That's a good general. Do you know Stratiomai? No. It's the art of war. Yeah. Paul told Timothy that thou mightest war. A good warfare. If there's chance, we'll talk about stratiomai. <laughs> the art of war. Amen. Amen. Some of you, we can talk to you about your flesh, about your jealousy, about your gossiping, about your useless chatting, about your pettiness. In Ghana, we have a university, University of Ghana. It has a ladies' hall, Volta Hall, and other halls. In the brothers' halls, your brother comes, he puts his clothes here, he puts this here, put this. No problem. And in the ladies' hall, they were always quarrelling. As you, based on that, all ladies should be able to be able to say that most of the beasts that are coming are from them, because they they cause the beasts. They are always having the, the beasts. They should honestly say that, oh yeah, we know amongst ourselves we are always quarreling. You guys don't seem to bother about anything. But one of the sufferings of Christ is to be with people who will say, eh, is it I? Is it I? They don't recognize themselves in the preaching. Amen. Are you listening to me? So I said to this brother, I will not talk with her, with your wife, because she will not listen to me. But I'm saying that I spoke to Juanita and she was somebody who would listen to me. She would listen to me if I said this. She would listen to me. The person who presents, that's very, it's very difficult. As for your flesh, to take her and present it. It's very difficult. Everybody wants to say, oh, Bishop, oh, Bishop, oh, Bishop, oh, Bishop. Oh, Bishop. But if I tell you, do this, 
Will you do it? <laughs> and they laugh to go, oh Bishop, oh Reverend, Reverend, Bishop, Reverend. And they will not do anything you tell them to do. They won't do it. Juanita tried. She tried to, 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 she did what she could. So I told this brother who was having this marital problem that because of the situation that we find ourselves in, where when I speak to your wife, she will not mind me. Because I know when I preach, I see her and I know that she's not minding me. Sixty percent of communication is nonverbal. You better learn it. So I said to him, brother, I'm going to give you a key called a unilateral key. That unilateral key will help you to overcome in your marriage. It's a key. I have to deploy that key because she will not listen to me. I have to give you a key that will help you to survive on your own without her changing. Unilateral key. Stratiomai. A unilateral key. Because this person, when I tell the person, present your body, she will not. When I tell you, present your body, you will. But because she also doesn't, it will not work. So I have to give you another kind of key. Unilateral key that it's a master key that does it on its own. Yeah. So, brothers have to present their body. You know your problems. We know ourselves. Ish. In this book, Rejoiner wrote about when God walked the earth. In the vision, he was, when Jesus was going to the wilderness, the angels had come. So many angels were around. Michael was himself guarding Jesus. All the angels, they were guarding. And you see, the things that were happening, it was like the Holy Spirit was speaking to them. Angels were moving. And Jesus was going to the wilderness and he was talking with Mike. And Michael was asking him. He said, Michael said, we have received instruction that we must not go with you to the wilderness. We have to leave you. They didn't like it at all. You see, one time the angels were discussing and the angel said that, because the attempt to kill Jesus failed through Herod, the, the dark one, they call him the dark one or the evil, the dark one was very, very angry. So, he has come all the way himself from Rome. He was staying at Rome. And he had, yeah, with hordes of demons. And as they were coming, there were winds, storms, boats were overturned. Waves were moving, various things. You know, all these things, they are demons. Even some of the hurricanes and things, they are evil spirits. So as the demons were coming, the clouds were dark, the boats were, and the demons were, so the angels were saying, look at what they are doing. And they are so happy doing it. And they were why do these demons like tormenting human beings? And they really like them because the people think that God is the one doing it to them. They're very happy because all the things that are happening, they think God is doing it. So they said because he failed in the Herod, the plan to kill the Holy One, he has come to tempt the Lord. That's why he has come from Rome. 
And that when that fails, he will turn his attention to kill the Baptist. They called him the Baptist. And the angel was discussing with him and said, we have received instructions not to intervene. When he tried to kill the Baptist, we have received instructions not to intervene. So when you are supposed to die, the angels will receive instructions not to intervene in, the, in, in your removal. But until then, there are angels. That's why when they were about to kill Jesus on the cross, he said, do you not know that I can call on my father to bring me legions of angels that will come and save? Because angels intervene in physical things all the time. They are, they are here. I came, when I was taking off on the British Airways as I was going, I, I could somehow see the angels cl- holding onto the plane as they were just, just moving in there. Yeah. The day they are asked to step back, that will be it. Step back, leave it. And then, that will be it. Because if the devil could just kill us, if Juanita could just die, then all of us would die sad because his aim is not, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a game. It's about killing. It's about life and death. The enemy wants to kill us. So when they got to the wilderness, Michael and Coast, and Michael said, give us the permission to just deal with this. Guy said it would be a very short fight. Very short. But he said, no, I have to go. And he said, I have to meet him as a man. So when he was in the wilderness, after 40 days, then the, the evil one saw that he had become weak. And he said, this is my chance. Because now he's feeling like how men feel. He's feeling what men feel. My friend, God knows what you feel and you feel it. How many sometimes feel evil in If you feel evil within you sometimes just raise your right and then left. The right and then left. And then your left leg and then your right leg you can also raise them up. Hey, you can also stand if you your body your body jesus said this is my body i am offering my body i'm going to suffer with my body what aspects tempt you and harass you sometimes even depression look when satan was tempting jesus he told jesus you have been abandoned like how the father abandoned all the other prophets you are going to be killed. All of them were abandoned in the middle of what they were doing. So what happened to Jeremiah? What happened to Isaiah? What happened to Malachi? You have also been abandoned. Hey! And Jesus was quiet. It, it, Satan is very wicked though. He talked and Jesus was quiet. So just ease yourself now. Have some bread. <laughs> You are hungry now. But God is saying, how many are going to offer your body to God? Okay? One brother said, I really feel, he said, when I see a man, I really feel an attraction to a a man. 
when I say a man, I, 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 I feel love and attraction. <laughs> that one too. You, most of you may not understand it, but it is a problem that some people have. That one too is the flesh that says, that's what I want. That's what I feel like. So that one too, you have to control it. Okay? Okay? And don't laugh at somebody. Oh. Because Peter said that me, I will not fall. In the, even, I'm sure he was thinking about even in, in the future for life. And the Lord said, okay, within 24 hours, I will demonstrate your falling to you. Some of you can become homosexual in 24 hours to your surprise. So before you start making comments about somebody. But what I'm saying is that it is a matter of your flesh. So, okay, you also feel a strong desire for a woman. A strong desire for pornography. Strong desire to watch the film. To put on the television. How many have seen pornography before on television? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. All your two hands if possible. Yes. And you want to see it. You want to look to see whether there is a new style that you you have not experimented with. The channel is frozen. You cannot change the channel. Hey! Man of God! <laughs> hey, what are they doing? Look at them. They are bad, though. Yeah, you are watching. <laughs> my body my body i give you my body another way your body is offered is when you have to go through some physical to 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 live in a village to live in a a poor place where your physical life changes the cornflakes the rice krispies the honey loops the mass bars are gone you are left with cassava. You are left with grass cutter meat. You are left with dust. You, you remember? You remember Irene and, and Daniel? They were in Nottingham? Yeah. When she got to Mali, she said, How is Mali? She said, It's hot. Temperature 42 degrees, 42 Celsius. During the day, it's hotter than your body. In the desert. And God says, go there. So this is my body, it's hot. And so what? There are souls there. You see, and and that's what God is calling us. He's saying that I want some people who will say, I have have received sunstroke for Christ. I have sweated in my room for Christ. I have suffered for Christ. I have stayed awake for Christ. Amen. Amen. This is my body. To stay awake also for Christ. And pray. When you should be sleeping. 
you see can you see that we are not taking the sufferings of christ that is why we are weak and that's why i'm talking about the sufferings of jesus christ that you that to the degree the degree to which you experience the suffering is the degree to which you are getting nearer his will and it's the degree to which you should be rejoicing not rejoicing that i've got a new car i've got a new house i've got a new this i've got finished my degree but the degree to which you experience what christ has suffered that's why i was jealous when david said a hurricane blew off the roof they were in the house when the roof was off and the house was the rain was coming in jamaica and the room was getting full like a swimming pool and they were there with his uh, family what do you do and you cannot go out for christ's sake god he didn't go there to get anything you see to that degree you earn your self-credentials yes so brothers and sisters god is calling us to suffer and those of you when you see your brother experiencing some of the sufferings of christ don't think that he has been demoted he has not been demoted he has been promoted you shouldn't ridicule him and say you are you are you are you okay why are you doing that is there some reason why you are doing this have you thought about it very well some of you god has called you to be missionaries some of you god does not even it's not even calling you to be full-time missionaries but just leave the uk go to france and do a church there leave the uk go to italy do a church there go here go out go to where there are people where you can win somebody for christ amen Amen. look i know one pastor he said i cannot receive from a pastor he cannot listen to or watch a pastor who is overweight who is fat i can't receive it If a person is fat, it's like it's like it's a sign that the person is not cannot control his appetite. Hey, he says I cannot receive it. I mean that's another extreme. This is my body. This is my body. Sons of God, hear his holy word gather round the table of the lord eat his body drink his blood and we'll sing a song of hallelujah 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 everybody write down the words if you don't know the words this is our new communion song in the church we always sing it for and we are going to have communion Do you have your wine ready have your wine we are going to have communion the sufferings of jesus christ sons of god hear his holy word gather round the table of the lord eat his body drink his blood and we'll sing a song of hallelujah 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 okay sons of god hear his holy word no sons of god 
sons of God, hear his holy word. Number three, gather around the table of the Lord. Have you got that? Gather around the table of the Lord. Number the next line is eat his body, drink his blood. That's the next one. Eat his body, drink his blood. And we'll sing a song of love. And we'll sing a song of love. Of love. Hallelujah. 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 Three hallelujahs and one hallelujah. Did you get it? Have you got that? Sons of God, hear his holy word. Gather round the table of the Lord. Eat too high. Too high. Go back. Sons of God, hear his holy word. Gather round the table of the Lord. Eat his body, drink his blood. And we'll sing a song of love. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Then the next verses or the next line Brothers, sisters, we are one, and our lives have just begun. In the spirit, we are young, and will live forever. Sons of God, hear his holy word. Gather round the table of the Lord, eat his body, drink his blood, and we'll sing songs of hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. Okay, brothers, sisters, we are one, and our lives have just begun. Have you got that? And our lives have just begun. Are you writing? And our lives have just begun. In the spirit. The next line. In the spirit. We are young. Are you young? Or you are old? In the spirit we are young. We are just born again. We just began our new life. In the spirit we are young. And, and we'll live forever. And we'll live forever. That's the last. And we'll live forever. Then sons of God. Okay. Actually, that's the first part of the song. Huh? Brothers, sisters, we are one. And our lives have just begun. In the spirit, we are Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Brothers, sisters, our one and our lives have just begun. In the spirit, we are God, hear his 
holy word gather round the table of the Lord eat his body drink his blood and we'll sing the song of hallelujah 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 amen this is that communion? But we are not going to have it right now. Did you think I was going to have it right now? Are you ready to serve communion to everybody right now? No, I'm asking. Answer. You are ready. Okay. Just hold on to it. We'll do it at a point. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Take it. This is my body. Christ gave up his body. Oh, because of Christ, you cannot live in, with another type of chair in your sitting room. <laughs> you can't. You must sit on a, a leather special one. That's the only chair you will sit on in the world. When there is a throne waiting for you, if you can only accept this wooden chair. Huh? You, 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 must, you must live in a certain place. You must have a certain comfort for Christ. You can't move from just London to Edinburgh or just London to uh, 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 Manchester. Or so. you, can't make, you can't move just across the channel with your British passport to a place where they are waiting for somebody who has the word of God, who has received the word of God like you have received for the last five years and knows so much of the word of God. Have a macaner, have all these books, have the videos, the CDs have been for so many camps and they are just waiting for you to come and offload some of these things that you know. You can't go, you see, because you can't leave just London to move to... Uh, 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 Lisbon, or you can't move to just to Ukraine, uh, Kiev. You can't go to Kiev. You see, Kiev is below you. It's below. It's below your standard. You see, it's below your bodily standard. Why don't we have churches in Kiev? And what about uh, 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 Romania and Russia and Poland? Why don't we? Some of us here, you are here all the time, receiving, receiving, receiving. It's our time to give. It's our time to help. It's our time to offer. It's your turn to also preach. Jesus cannot bear the burden of the whole world by himself. Huh? Must Jesus bear the cross alone? That is why he said, take up your cross and follow me. It's not a song. It's a command. We must also adjust our lives for him. Then another thing is rest. Take my body. That means that when it's time to rest, you get it. And I can't rest. I'm not going to get angry. I can't sit down for a long time. I can't hear preaching without sleeping, without yawning, without sleeping in the chair. Hey, I can't do anything for God. My body, once my body will be touched, when Jesus said, take it, eat, chew, chew, chew my body. Take it, my body. He was showing them what was happening. Hey, whippings and things were about to happen to him. 
No. Look, all of you here, you form a part of an army of people who God wants to use desperately. It is his greatest desire to employ you and to deploy your services in his kingdom. He wants your face to be out there. He wants to use you. Your mouth, your tongue, your way of speaking, your way of talking, your type of preaching. God wants to use you. He likes you and he wants to deploy your services. If it's not too much to ask of you, Mr. Gentleman and Mr. Dear Lady, if it's not too much to ask of you to suffer a little for God. If all of you sitting here were pastors, know that this is a camp of pastors and shepherds and other miscellaneous members but rather this should be a camp of soldiers soldiers so that we meet and we pray together and encourage ourselves and we go back far we should be we should from here we should be going to every country in europe there shouldn't be any place that is left whether eastern europe western europe anywhere where we have not gone to suffer there for god it's it's lower than your standard you see to go to go to romania right or budapest it's lower than you, you see, because you, you only know Piccadilly Circus and uh, Oxford Street and, and whatever. It's below. I see that it's below your level. It's below your level. To pack your bag and your house and clear out of this place. To go and do something for God. God is not after your money. Pastor Obi was here. And I'm, I'm also not after your money. I don't know anybody in, in this church who comes to sow seeds in my life like Pastor Obi did when he was here. I could come to London, or not even London or wherever, and Pastor Obi could, could give me thousands of pounds as an offering that he's giving to me. And I said, because it's the highest you can ever give to someone. I said, go out there. I would also love to have a rich businessman here who's always blessing me. And say, oh, be blessed. I want to honor you. Because he really appreciated me. And just be blessed. I would like him to stay here so that he will always uh, Ah, when I go to London, I know who is in London. <laughs> no. And you know something he told me? He said to me, you know, since I came to Kenya, I've said, I've seen that you can never be wiser than God. He said, the amount of money that has been raised in the kingdom of God from Kenya is more than he could ever have given or organized for the church from London. The amount of money that has been raised in the work there. The work there. You see, you would have thought that when I stay in England, giving my 500 pounds and 200 pounds, I will be giving, creating more money for God. But to, to his shock and surprise, rather being there, he has raised much more money for the kingdom and the work of God there. If only you can be inconvenient slightly, Mr. Big Man. Who do you think you are? Mr. Big Stuff. Mr. Big Shot. Mr. Gentleman. Mr. Nice Guy. Mr. Bond. Mr. Pleasantino. Sister Nice. Sister Beautiful. Mrs. Londoner. Mr. Good Moral Man. Who has not done anything bad before. Mr. Kind Gentleman. Mr. Pleasant to all your relatives. Mr. Please your in-laws. Mr. Please your parents. Mrs. Please everybody. Mr. Nice to your teachers. Mr. Nice guy. 
If only you can please also do something for God. Jesus said, this, eat, eat it, eat it. Chew me. I'll die for you. Take my body. You know the part that I just, you see the word recline. What does recline mean? What does recline mean? Huh? To relax. To take it easy. To chill. It means to move into a position that is more comfortable. When Jesus tried to be a little more comfortable, and he looked and said, Judas, no one can bear this burden alone. God needs you, and God wants you to give your body. And it's possible. 